Welcome to the Health Leaders Podcast, the place for peer sourced and solutions focused insight for healthcare executives, with new episodes airing every Tuesday. I'm Jay Asser, an editor for Health Leaders. In today's episode, we will be discussing how capacity optimization can maximize and re energize your workforce with Colleen Viteri of Vizient. Colleen currently leads the Vizient Total Capacity Management Program offerings for the clinical operations team to include length of stay reduction capacity and throughput and care coordination, and partners with her colleagues on case management and utilization management areas of focus. She brings over 35 years of experience in healthcare with a focus on healthcare operations, clinical and operational performance improvement, project leadership, and supply chain improvements. Colleen, thanks so much for being here. My pleasure. Nice to be here today. So we can just jump in. And the first thing I kind of want to ask you, Colleen, Obviously, your expertise lies in capacity. What are the biggest challenges facing leaders today regarding capacity? That is a broad-ranging uh, topic for sure and one that every one of our organizations is facing, and it's from all directions. It's uh the volume of patients that are coming into the organizations, the challenges with moving them through optimally based on their clinical needs, and then certainly once they're ready for discharge, actually having the appropriate destination for them to be discharged to. And staffing challenges exist in all levels of healthcare, and we're seeing that for sure in the post-acute setting as well between the skilled nursing facilities or custodial facilities having staffing challenges, so not having as many available beds, the organizations in the communities competing for those limited number of beds, and then the patients continuing to come in the front door. So it is definitely a multifaceted challenge and and one that I dare say every organization feels uh, to some degree or another. And what are you seeing organizations do to address these challenges? They're doing it on many fronts, for sure. Let's start with the just the general throughput, if you will, how to move the patients through in the acute care setting. And we're seeing everything from really refining and honing their co-op, the, the clinical coordination with bed management, bed placement, and case management making sure that the patients are in the correct level. So if they're observation patients, we're seeing definite success when organizations have the ability to cohort observation patients. They are a different cadence. They're measured in hours as opposed to days from an inpatient length of stay. And so the cadence of, of handling those patients, everything from lab turnaround, testing, clinical decision-making is a much different cadence. And if you can cohort those patients and either confirm that they don't need acute care and can be safely moved on to the next level of care, or that they do need inpatient care and are placed on an inpatient bed appropriately, that helps with that one area of bottleneck in the management of observation patients. So cohorting those are real key. Of course, you know, that has to do with some physical rearranging of the, the rooms, whether it's a clinical decision unit or a true observation management unit within the facilities. On the back end, if you will, on the discharge process, some of the challenges, especially with some of the managed Medicare 
arrangements is the need for prior authorization before those patients can be moved to a skilled nursing facility. And we're seeing some organizations trying to centralize that activity to help expedite it, creating good, strong partnerships with the skilled nursing facilities in their communities and then working collaboratively to expedite those prior auths, which, uh, and certainly well enough in advance, not waiting till the patient, the day of discharge when the patient's clinically ready, but knowing way earlier upstream in the process that they're going to need that level of care, coordinating with those organizations from a central standpoint rather than every individual unit and every case manager on every unit having to do that individually. Those are a couple of examples we're certainly seeing um, within the emergency department itself how to maximize the ability to those patients that unfortunately, I think every hospital in the country is faced with boarding inpatients in the ED because they can't move them while they're waiting for an inpatient bed. So really coordinating efforts on how to provide optimal care to those patients that are inpatient status, they just happen to still be down in the emergency department. So it's definitely a multi-pronged approach, and all of which together is going to help them with get the, base, the best success in moving the patients through the care continuum. What considerations should hospital leaders make when thinking through the shift in care to ambulatory settings? And also extending on that, what about virtual settings? So we're definitely seeing those organizations where they're they're able to set up the virtual care so that they can avoid an unnecessary ER visit to begin with. That is definitely having to coordinate that with the physicians in the clinics and and those both the you know hospital or health system based clinicians as well as the community clinicians. Can they see those patients and help with improve access so that they can be set up with a virtual visit? Uh, many times that's a definite a patient satisfier. Patients would prefer that if they don't have to go into the clinic or they don't have to come into the emergency department. But not every patient has the capability, both technically and physically, to be able to do that, and nor do a lot of the, um, or many of the hospitals have that capability. But if they can, it's certainly something that's going to help to decant the emergency department and help keep those patients at the right level of care where they can get the most expeditious care. Uh, There are various versions of care at home, whether that's hospital at home, SNF at home. I think that's still early on. The hospitals that we've worked with who have attempted care uh, or hospital at home, definite criteria that needs to be in, in place to say who are those patients that do qualify for safe and appropriate hospital at home care. There's a lot of coordination and a lot of logistics to get that up and running. And most of the hospitals that we've talked to that have started to go down that path, they're right now seeing, you know, volumes of four, five, six, eight at a time. Not a lot. And so it's still in its early stages, but, you know, um, economies of scale are, are remain to be seen on how viable that's going to be going forward. And so it's, I, I think there's a definite interest in it in seeing the various ways that organizations can become more nimble and more accommodating to, to do more outreach. The pandemic helped us with a lot of that virtual care much quicker than we ever thought would be adopted at the pandemic not come about. And so now the, 
the real trick will be to see how well those payment structures will remain in place to support that type of technology and and type of alternative care settings um, going forward. So given the challenges and the considerations you've touched on, what workforce approaches should hospitals consider to maximize the efficiencies of their resources? So as they look to being able to design or or optimize the the way that they're managing the care, including the frontline staff, when there are opportunities to try something different is one of the first steps that they can do is I think uh, certainly what the inquiries that we get across our organization in terms of how to support hospitals in this endeavor it typically is, how do you get any improvement activity, get the frontline staff involved. They know best the work that they're doing. They know best where the bottlenecks are. And if they're able to contribute to the solutions, even if they're trial attempts, even if they're pilot attempts, it is a huge staff satisfier. The the trick is having enough of that time to set aside for them to pilot it, even as they're trying to deliver on their work. We're seeing some of the supplemental staff, you know, those needs are still there, certainly not as much as there were before. The volumes are coming back, but it, you know, it depends on where the areas of the country are and whether the volumes are overloading them versus they're able to manage on that capacity coming in and then redesigning it. But anywhere that they're able to get the input from the staff to be able to say, what do we need to do differently that can help decant the inpatient or decant the ED? Is it going to go a long way to helping, you know, satisfy the staff and being part of the solution? Well, Colleen, it's been wonderful speaking with you. Thank you for sharing your expertise with us. It'll certainly be interesting to see where the capacity issues go in 2023. Thank you again for your time. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. And thank you for listening to the Health Leaders Podcast. We'll be back with new episodes featuring more healthcare industry insights. Until next time.